Hey, let me just give a quick shout out. There's a slide that's going to come up to these these dudes right here. This was base camp in May. Come on. You can you can clap for these guys. When for the last several months, my intention was to preach on on marriage as part of this Father's Day message, just this this idea that society is, 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 I think, is pulling those two concepts apart, and I would say that's to our detriment. And so I, I was going to preach on how marriage and being a husband is a critical part of, of being a father. And so going into base camp, I shared with him the three words that I wanted to talk about in this, in this message that is going to be now a resource, which you'll see in a minute. But I wanted to talk about transparency, exclusivity, and then also longevity. And then we spent the next 90 minutes together at base camp in May, and those guys just began to unpack all this incredible wisdom that just flowed from their lives. Guys that had been married for decades, and then some who had just been married for a few years. And so I realized in that moment, this is much more than a sermon, and, and it became a resource. And I hope that you're picking one up. If you haven't, you're going to get one on the way out. But there are the, here are the three words. I'm going to incorporate some of this into the message. But then there was just these 10 words of wisdom, and I'm going to read those in a little bit that came out of that. And so if you've never been to base camp, you're going to have to check that out. We meet on the fourth Saturday of every month at 8 a.m. right there in the chapel. So I just wanted to give a shout out to those gentlemen for creating this, which is now going to be this incredible marriage resource for us, for fathers, uh, for for the church. And so again, if you're a dude, you get one of those. If you're you're not married, but you think you might be one day, your, your future wife wants you to pick one of these up on your way out. And I'm just saying, you can have chocolate-covered bacon in one hand and words of wisdom in the other. Just saying. Get a picture of that. I want to talk to you tonight about brotherhood and the three things that I believe that brotherhood can give us. Brotherhood gives us many more than these three things, but these three things matter, dare I say, most. One is that brotherhood gives us a trail to follow. Somebody say a trail to follow. You know, there's, there's lots of stereotypes that we earn as dads, do we not? There, there's, there's, there's stereotypes, but, but we've earned those stereotypes, like dad jokes, right? Dad jokes are real. If dad jokes are not a part of your home, they should be. My dad, when we were growing up, had a chair that only he sat in. Anybody else? Did any dads have a chair? Yeah, I have a chair downstairs. I can fall asleep in that chair in a matter of moments. Even if I'm not tired. My, my, my dad, when I was growing up, we didn't have remote controls. I know it was just after the dinosaurs. There were no remote controls. There was a dial. You would get in trouble if you spent, spin, would spin the dial, changing the channels too quickly. Anybody else grow up in that era? My dad could be snoring, mouth open, in the recliner, watching a sporting event when there was a cartoon on that I wanted to see. And even if I got close to the television, as my arm stretched out, there would be a voice that would say, I'm watching that. Like, how are you watching the TV when you're snoring? He would always say, I'm just resting my eyes. Yeah. Any, anybody else use those, right? Those lines that nobody else believes, just us? There's all kinds of stereotypes that we have as dads. We snore, we fall asleep in our chair, we tell bad jokes, and then, of course, there is the we don't like directions. We like to find our way. We don't like to ask for help. I think part of that is there's a pride component, but I think part of it is there's a competitive side, right? We just, we want to be able to win without someone helping us. And so 
We want to get there ourselves. Can, can I just tell you that in life, there are times when you need people to help you find your way. You need a trail to follow. In Exodus 13, 21 to 22 says, The Lord went ahead of them, speaking of Israel. This is them coming out of slavery. This is them heading into the wilderness. It says, The Lord went ahead of them, and he guided them during the day by a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night and a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from this place or in front of the people. There was something for them to follow. Can we just agree that as men that there will be times in our lives where we need something like this in our lives? And I would suggest to you that that thing is called brotherhood because it gives us a trail to follow. Fatherhood is a promised land where every family needs to live. But the way there is not easily found, and certainly it is never found alone. You're not going to find it there by yourself. It's one of the reasons I love this resource, because right here, this is talking about a trail to follow. When it comes to transparency, right, in our lives as men, I joke with men all the time that I am hungry, I am tired, and then I'm going to use the word amorous because we're going to keep it PG because there's sometimes kids in the room, but there's another word that I like to use when I'm, I'm talking with dudes, right? I'm tired and I'm hungry, I'm amorous. These are not actually emotions, right? These are not feeling words. So sometimes as guys, we have a hard time with finding the word that communicates the feelings are there, but we have a hard time sharing it. Our wives need us to let them in. Here, there's five trails, five questions. Are, are, are you feeling a little bit lost as a father and as a husband when it comes to emotional transparency? Trail to follow. Longevity. 50% of marriages end in divorce. Whether they're Christian, home or not, that should not be. Longevity. Sometimes marriage is hard, and you've got to push through those difficult seasons. There's something better waiting for you on the other side of that marriage, not waiting for you outside of it. Here's some trails to follow right here, longevity. Exclusivity, when it comes to our sexuality, can I just tell you, a gentleman recommended this book to us when Vanessa and I, soon after we got married, Sex, Men, and God. This book is vital. I would say there's about three books. This is one of them. I'm going to give you another one in a minute. One of three books other than the Bible that set the tone and the foundation of the home for me as a father and a husband. And this is one of them. Some of this book is for men who have experienced sexual trauma. And so if that's for you, this is an incredible resource. But if it's not for you, just move past those chapters. What he talks about in here as far as brain chemistry and understanding your sexuality. And then your wife should read this book too. Vanessa read it too. It's incredible. It's incredible. You should read this book. And then also, if you are a father, especially if you have sons, you have a responsibility to understand this stuff so you can teach them about themselves. Exclusivity. Words of wisdom. I'm just going to read these 10. These are trails to follow. Remember your lack of contentment creates an environment of insecurity in your home. When your wife has unique health needs, look for relevant and practical ways to help her. If you have young children in your home, create ways for your wife to have breaks, rejuvenating escapes. You are a gift to her, so never stop working on yourself, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. 
Your wife doesn't always want you to fix her problem. Sometimes listening is what she needs, right? The wives are thinking, the men in this room were coming up with this list on their own, right? You've gotten through to them. Come on. Take an interest in the things that she likes, even when they aren't interests that you would choose for yourself. Be kind, even when it is difficult. Here, 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 listen to these last three. Lacking emotion is not an excuse for lacking emotional intelligence. Give thought to the future, the legacy you will leave behind for your children and family. Listen to this last one. This was weighty. You want your wife at the end of her life to say that it was worth spending her life with you. That's good, isn't it? So good. Pick one of these up. You need this. Trails to follow. Trails to follow. Proverbs eleven fourteen reads this way. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety. And having many advisors, we ourselves need to be led at times, men. Proverbs 15, 31 to 33 reads this way. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Desiring honor is a, a deep desire in every man's heart. And here in this proverb, it says one of the ways we get there is through receiving correction from others. Men, there are going to be times in our lives where we're walking along on this journey of fatherhood and, and, and we're clear in the direction that we're headed. We, we feel like the road, we can see it far off into the distance and also right in front of us. And then in a moment's notice, it can feel like that we are lost in a forest. Through a circumstance, through an event, sometimes it's beyond our control that can create conflict with our spouse or it can put us in a situation where we feel completely helpless when it comes to what we're supposed to bring as a father to our children. Sometimes it can be things at work that just spill over into our house and the next thing you know, we feel like we're in this forest and we're surrounded and we don't know which way to go. Can I just tell you that brotherhood is part of the answer to that problem? that there are men that we can call that can mark the trail for us, that there are people that we can reach out to in times of crisis who have been in that same forest that we are in now, and they can tell us the path forward. They can guide us out. We need a trail to follow. There will be times in all of our lives where we feel lost by the demands and the expectations of fatherhood, and brotherhood is the answer. It gives us a trail that we can follow. It gives us a tribe to belong. Somebody say tribe to belong. This is the other book. The three, the three books other than the Bible that have the biggest impact on me personally is the, the one by Doug Weiss, Sex, Men, and God. The other the, is Raising a Modern Day Night and then the parenting class we do, Growing, growing Kids God's Way. Th this right here, Raising a Modern Day Night, again, if you are a father, especially a father of sons, th this is a must read for you, it's, especially if your children are young. And even if they're not, then you pick this up and then you start over, even with your adult children. Powerful. This kind of jumps in. He has a whole philosophy about raising men and instilling in them values. And we did this in our home with all of our children. Vanessa did it with Claire. We, we took this book, adapted it to make it fit for her, for girls too. This is called Lights on the River. Listen to this. 
The Ford Explorer meandered slowly down the gravel road and halted at a wooden bridge on the river near Friendship, Arkansas. And on this cool November night, Bob Snyder suddenly turned toward his 16-year-old son and asked him, John Snyder, do you want to become a man? The question was certainly odd, and John replied with a tentative, "Uh uh-huh. Bob continued, well, then I want you to get out and walk the rest of the way to the cabin from here. The young man looked at his father as if he were crazy. It was another four miles to his uncle's cabin on the river. He also knew that wild animals inhabited these dark and cold woods. But before the teenager could lodge a formal protest, his father added, John, trust me on this one. Confused and thoroughly surprised, John stepped from the vehicle. approached him like the other four and asked if he wanted to become a man. He said, in order to become a man, he said, you must learn to love. And then talked with John about relationships and described how he had fallen in love with John's grandmother. Come on, what a legacy. The grandfather had recently suffered a stroke and so had to proceed at a slower pace. And Bob says he will never forget as long as he lives the sight of his father holding his own son's hand and leading the group into the camp, and then the story continues on. It's powerful, isn't it? Example after example after example in this book about men came up with creative ways and ceremonies to invite their men at key ages into manhood, teaching them values and virtues that would live on as a legacy beyond them. So good. We we, we need a tribe to belong. We, we, we need men in our lives who are constantly asking us the question, do you want to become a father? We, we need men who are walking with us on this road 
in life, talking with us about all the things that are necessary for us to be fathers, picking up the things that society says we should pick up, putting down the things that are broken, that are false masculinity, but even more so modeling for us what it means to run after Christ with great abandonment. You see, there are times when we find ourselves lost in this forest where we feel overwhelmed. And there are times when we reach out to other men and they, they, they mark the trail for us. We, we learn from their mistakes. Can, can we just also agree? It is a powerful thing to know that we are not in those woods by ourselves. To be able to look around and see that there are men standing right there with us. To, to know that there are men that are chasing after the same things that we are. If we had kept on in this story, you find that one of the verses that his father gave to him was Psalm 24, verses 3 to 5. It says, Who may climb the mountain of the Lord, and who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies, they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. This idea of climbing the mountain of the Lord means many things to us, and one of them certainly means that we've made a vow of devotion to Christ because it talks right here about being in right relationship with God. But can I just tell you, climbing the mountain of the Lord is also talking about the character of Christ. It's also talking about this climb in life that we have, especially as fathers and especially as men, to strive after to become like him, to not just follow him into heaven, but to become like him on the way. And this idea of having a tribe that we belong to with other men that are also climbing that same mountain with us, we're belayed together on the way up, embracing the virtues and the values that caused Jesus to stand apart 2,000 years ago when he walked on this earth and that caused him to stand apart even today. Will we be a part of a tribe of men, this side of heaven, that inspire other men who don't know Christ to be curious about the life that we have? Will will we be a part of a tribe of men, a, a brotherhood, a brotherhood, a tribe to belong to, that when men who don't know Christ on the outside looking in, that something would stir in their heart to say, I want something like what those men have together. A trail to follow. A tribe to belong. Proverbs 18.24 reads this way, There are friends who sometimes destroy each other. Listen to this proverb, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. A real friend sticks closer than a brother. There there should be men that you find in this life who become a part of your tribe of brotherhood as you're chasing after Christ together that that are going to be with you for the rest of your life. There, there are men that I have found through this church that I know that I'm going to be connected to for the rest of my days. No, no matter where the world might take us, there are going to be friends that I lean into. Do you have a tribe to belong to as a man? Do you have a trail to follow when you feel lost? And my last one is this. Do, do you have a tribute to hear? A tribute to hear. Listen to these verses. This comes out of Matthew 3.17. 
said, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. You see, we know the story of Jesus being born into this world, coming from heaven, taking on the form of humanity through the life of Jesus Christ, born of a virgin and Mary. And then when he was 30 years old or so, scholars disagree on the actual age maybe that he was, 30 to 33, that, that he stepped into his waters of baptism. And, and that was the beginning of his public ministry. And, and, and as he came up out of that water, it says that those that were in the crowd heard a thundering voice from the heavens. It says, this is my son that I love with whom I am well pleased. Now, we know those words were important to him because he was about ready to step into one of the greatest challenges that he would face in his human experience. And that would be to come face to face with his arch enemy, Lucifer himself, and be tempted in the wilderness after fasting for 40 days. I think often what sustained Jesus during that trial was remembering the words of affirmation, the tributes that he heard come from his father's mouth. Mark 9, 7, we find again at a critical time in Jesus' life as he was heading up to what's called the Mount of Transfiguration. He was with, with Peter, James, and John. It says, a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son, listen to him. Have you, have you noticed that in both of these instances where God is speaking, he's not speaking directly to Jesus, he's speaking to the crowd about Jesus. That's part of what makes it a tribute. It's something powerful to hear someone that you love and admire and respect speaking about you to other people favorably. It does something to our hearts. Peter comes to where it's his turn to add to Scripture in his second epistle, 2 Peter 1, 16 and 17. Listen to what he writes. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. When he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now, Peter knew well about both stories. I love the fact that he picked the one when they were up on the Mount of Transfiguration over the one of his baptism. And it's the one that often people forget happened as well. I, I like that one because in that moment where Jesus was in his glorified state, where he shed his humanity, right? He's up there with Moses, Elijah, God, Peter, James, and John, right? They're, they're, they're so mesmerized. They, they fall into a trance. That there in that moment, Jesus hears the Father speak of him again in this way. I think it's also one of his moments of greatest temptation because he had to choose to pick back up humanity. See, see, in that moment where he's coming up out of the water of his baptism, he knows that there's a hard road ahead of him, but he's been waiting from the beginning of time to step into this moment. It's, it's like it's at the start of the contest, it's at the beginning of the game, if we can use a sports illustration. He's ready to go. He's ready to win. But how many of you know sometimes as you're in the battle for a long time, you can grow weary, and so here we see Jesus. He's been at it for a while. He's experienced rejection and, and betrayal. It's been a hard journey. We know he's perfectly divine, but he's also fully human. In that moment on the Mount of Transfiguration, he had to choose to pick humanity back up for you and for me. I think it's in that moment where God steps in again and gives him a tribute that he can hear.
All of us need a trail to follow, a tribe to belong, and we most certainly need a tribute to hear. Listen to this article that comes out of focus on the family. It talks about father wounds. We all come into the world helpless, dependent, and needing acceptance to be treated as as worthy and to be blessed. The father wound is the absence of this love from your birth father. The wound can be caused by neglect, makes you feel like that you're not important. It can be caused by absence that's as a result of divorce or separation or death or just indifference. The father wound can come from abuse, mental, physical, sexual, or spiritual. It can come from control, oppressive domination. It can come from withholding, meaning keeping from you, your father kept from you things that you desperately needed like love and blessing and affirmation that often lead to a profound lack of self-confidence. The effect of a father wound is low self-esteem, deep emotional pain inside, a performance orientation, listen to this, that makes us doers rather than beings. See, so many men out there are driven not because they're ambitious, it's because they're hurting. Salvation makes us new creations in Christ. It does not necessarily address this wound inside. We tend to have barriers that inhibit the healing of this wound. One of them is pride. We just want to pretend that we're all right. Sin is a barrier because we won't confess our own sin and we won't receive the forgiveness that Christ freely gives. The wound itself from what our Father did or didn't do Societal lies and misconceptions about self and birth father and even our father who is in heaven. Instead of going to the pain and receiving the healing that we need, we tend to respond to life's events by creating misconceptions about ourself. Many people in this room right now have a father wound. Many people that are watching online right now have a father wound. It might be that there's been an ache in your heart and you didn't even know what it was until you heard me start reading about this. There's lots of things that need to happen, especially for men, to find healing from that father wound. But can I just tell you, one of the things that begins to bring healing to a father wound is a tribute that you hear. Meaning that there is a brotherhood that you belong to. That there are other men that you begin to build meaningful relationships with. And as you're journeying through this life, not only are they giving you a trail to follow, and not only are they giving you a tribe to belong to, but they begin to speak a tribute over you. Maybe things that you needed to hear your father say that you're not ever going to hear him say, but you can hear it from your brotherhood. And as you begin to hear those men speak favorably about you to others, that wound begins to heal in your heart. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's one of the great gifts that brotherhood gives us. All of us as men need affirmation from other men, especially if we didn't receive it from our father. If if you have a father wound in your life, you need a brotherhood so that you can become the father to your children that your father was not to you. You, you can set something into motion like the song that we sing tonight for a thousand generations. You can unleash something for generations to come because you're willing to build relationships with other men. Relationships that, 
that get to know you enough and walk with you enough to begin to see the things about your life that should be proclaimed, the tribute that you need to hear that begins to heal the wound inside. A tribute is an act, a statement, or gift that's intended to show gratitude, respect, and admiration. All of us need to hear those things as men spoken about us by other men. I'm going to invite the guitar to come back up and play for us a little bit. All of us as fathers, we need a brotherhood. We need a brotherhood. We need a trail to follow. We need a tribe to belong. And we need a tribute to hear. And brotherhoods are hard for us, especially in American culture and in American society, because we want everything that we need tomorrow. Amazon actually says, no, you don't have to wait till tomorrow. You can have it this afternoon. You cannot order brotherhood online and open it up in a box. You cannot do it. It takes time. It takes investment. It it takes years of sharing time and space with other trusted men that, that takes acquaintances to friendships and friendships to brotherhood. But the payoff, you, you can't put a value on it. You can't put a value on it. You, we, we live in a microwave society. There are some things that you cannot microwave. If Jordan Johnson and Scotty Moriarty find that you have put a brisket in a microwave, you will be buried in a shallow grave in your backyard. Will you not? Thank you, Jordan. There are some things for them for it to be good. It takes time. You, you can't rush it. You can't be in a hurry. And if you're going to have brotherhood years down the road, you got to start doing the things that position you and orient you for it today. You can't show up at base camp this month and walk out and have brotherhood. You got to keep showing up Saturday after Saturday after Saturday, year after year after year. You, You can't just go to a soccer game and wake up tomorrow and have a brotherhood, but it can start there. You begin to build meaningful relationships by sharing time and space, serving in a ministry here. at this, we, we challenge people and press people to serve in ministry, not because we got jobs to do. Is there a practical component? Sure, but there's something deeper we're trying to reach for. For guys, it's brotherhood. Showing up on the same Saturday, doing the same task with that same person at the door, year in and year out, there's a bond that begins to form. And you know what? There's going to be a time in your life where you feel like you're lost in a forest. You can call that guy. Learn from his mistakes. He can help you find your way out of your crisis because there's a brotherhood that you invested in and that you keep investing in year after year after year after year. And and then listen to me. This is so important. At some point, the tribute that you need to hear, you need to be the person that's speaking that tribute about other people. You have the opportunity to be the brother to someone else. You have the opportunity to be the one when that person's lost in the forest and they call your number. They show up on your doorstep because you've invested in time. You get to be the one 
that maybe in a circle around a campfire, these guys are sharing that, that someone says about you, I've learned so much about what it means to follow Christ from watching you. See, we need a brotherhood for what that brotherhood gives to us, but can I just tell you, you need a brotherhood because one day you're supposed to be the one that's giving it to other men. And you will not ever have that experience on an island to yourself. Stand with me. Father, I pray for all the fathers that are in this room. Help us to lean into brotherhood. Help, help us to lean in to bonds of friendship that are, that are deep and loyal and meaningful and enriching with other men. Help us to remember that, that, that fatherhood is a promised land where every family needs to live and we're not going to find our way there by ourselves or overnight and we're certainly not going to find our way there without our brotherhood. The trail that we need to follow, the tribe for us to belong, the tribute that we need to hear, both spoken over us and hearing ourselves speaking it over others. In Christ's name, come on and everybody said together, amen. Hey, there are going to be some people down here at the front. We'd love to pray for you, especially if that welcome home moment was for you early in the service. Come down and talk with us at the end of the service. As you find your way out, go get your kids. Stop by the bake sale table, right? It's, it's, it, it, even if you don't buy something, come on, make a gift. Get those kids to camp. And then if you're planning on going to the soccer game, we're going to walk over there together in just a few moments. Cam and JJ, Scotty are all going to be kind of leading that crowd. And uh, we're going to have a great night together. We'll see you next week.